You're listening to the Sci-Fidelity Podcast, Episode 139, Discovering 31. The Sci-Fidelity Podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Listeners don't want to hear about Brian hitting on me. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that no. shit. He was talking about that's your all they want to hear. supple lips. I mean, my lips. You don't know what kind of slash fic- fiction is being written about our podcast. I do. There's none. <laughs> Absolutely none. And if anybody could see us, no one would want to see that shit. Steve is yeah, actively checking, right? I guess every I don't have to check. I got alerts for shit like that. Everything. <laughs> I have a Google search alert. <laughs> I don't have alerts. I just have the confidence that no one wants to see me having sex with anyone. So. Is it confidence, though? I mean, you might be sure... But it's sort of the, like the opposite of confidence. I'm fairly certain nobody wants to see that shit. I, I I'm feel fairly like certain of that. I, I'm fairly certain that you're wrong. Um, <laughs> that's what the whole amateur porn uh, ecosystem is built on. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is true. Yeah. You know what else this is? This is the Cyphidelity Podcast. <laughs> this is Michael. This is Patrick. This is Brian. And this is Steve. We'd like to thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing, or however the fuck you got here, man. Welcome. Welcome aboard. This is going to be great. <laughs> oh, uh, setting high I expectations. Mean, nah, I think my, by now we should just kind of lean into the fact that it may not be great, but it, it'll be something. It's going yeah, to be something. Yeah. Yeah, and it might chafe, but it's <laughs> it's going to be something. Well, I oh, had a question. Okay. <laughs> Star Trek, season two of Discovery. Is that chafing for people? A little bit. Really? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, I mean, only if you've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) So, what about it is chafing? I feel like we're going to fall down our usual lines where me and Brian like it and (laughs) Steve and Patrick hate it. (laughs) Well, I can help you out on that one because I really (laughs) haven't seen it. I'm way behind on this, so... I'm just going to make snipey, snide remarks that oh, are just cool. innuendos, you know. Awesome. Stir the All pot. Right. Yeah. Asking obvious questions, you uh, know, like I do. So uh, what are Vulcans? <laughs> yeah. Has that got anything to do with rubber? Yeah. That's, no, that's vulcanized rubber. Yeah, and I oh see where you're coming from. jeez. Oh, <laughs> See that's not that's not even that's not even the chafy bit. The chafy bit is uh, for, yeah fucking clean like <laughs> what the shit like you know what it's I I I am cool. Let's discovery. Let's just pretend that none of the other shows exist. Okay, let's just let's just do our own thing, and that's fine. That's cool. I can because every time you try to go back and bring in the the original canon, 
mm-hmm. you fuck it up. You fuck, but I'm, I'm looking at the Klingon houses. Right. That looks like that looks like the fucking Zindi. That's like eight different species there. Some <laughs> with the big giant like dome alien uh, head, and some like like one of them's yeah. like beet red, and another one's like fucking light pink purple or some shit. Yeah. And like, are we talking yeah. about a artistic choice? Yes. <laughs> I I will say this. I, my issue with the Klingons, to be fair, there's been only a few episodes so far and they've only been in one thank god uh but i will say my issue with the klingons this season have been it can be summed up in three words pick a lane figure out what you want to do and stick with it okay even if it's shitty just go with the shitty one because i'm tired of every time klingons show up it's something totally different and i have to figure it out i'm like oh i guess these are klingons well i mean i understand you correctly you're saying that there's a lot of biodiversity in these Klingons where yes. previously they had been all no. pretty no. close to similar. No. When the Klingon that was a major character in the first season looks totally different in the second season, that's what I mean. Like, figure oh. out how you want the character to look oh, yeah. and fucking yeah. stick with it. <laughs> Lorel, I think... If I, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. If if I actually, I mean, I don't know if it's a complaint, but it's a definite observation, and it's not necessarily what I would have done. But there is now that Brian, the the the, the now that we're a whole season distant from where Brian Fuller put set the show up to be, mm. it's very clear that the people in charge are uh, spent. The, the the space preparing the the space they took to prepare season two scrambling around trying to make this as much like the Star Trek that 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 all the diehard dedicated old school orthodox traditionalist Star Trek fans really wanted, um, well still trying to not completely blow apart continuity between season one and season two though as michael has already pointed out they the back half of uh laurel's head has mysteriously vanished and they (laughs) tried to cover that up with hair but you know if you actually look at her from a side view the back half of her head is now looks like the back half of a human head rather than the back half of of a season one discovery laurel head um and and that's my I mean, only real problem with it. It's just they, that it's not I mean, consistent. that's a pretty small problem, though, right? I mean, it is. But, and, I, and I do want to know that it's to not data. a huge problem. No, no, yeah. no. I what happened to data? Yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess my better. feeling Look. is given that they are clearly desperately trying to figure out how to make these orthodox traditionalist fans happy, I can't really get too upset with them. They are literally trying to give us what they think, as best as they can tell, what we want. Um, it's not they like are anyone clearly agrees trying, on what we want. As opposed to just pissing all over what the fans are expecting. So, uh, Brian, so this is what I'm saying. It, to give us what we want, just don't don't say Klingon. Keep Klingon out your mouth. Just don't bring it up for the rest of Discovery. <laughs> just done. Just never. Because yeah, that's never gonna happen. If See, we yeah. never go back to Klingon, they don't have Romulans. They 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 don't they have, have Cardassians. They don't have the Dominion. Uh, they have the Kelpian fucks, although apparently oh, that, yeah, they they aren't even part of the fucking Federation. So so nice yeah, retcon think, there, assholes. Right. How's that a retcon? They weren't. Yeah, they weren't a part. <laughs> they of never the said they were members of the Federation, but uh, um, they, 
I I do not recall in season one we're like, oh, this is the only Kelpian in the fucking in the fucking Federation. They never said it one way or the other. But <laughs> ah, I, okay. so I, All right. here's here's what I'll say. I actually agree with you, Patrick, but I actually don't think it's that big of a point. Only because they've only had one episode with the Klingons, and it was easily the weakest of the episodes of the season. I actually but really also, enjoyed that one. I'm sorry, I hated that episode. I just like seeing the, the Klingons wrong you, fight each other. That was great. I, I, Brian, Brian oh, literally. Oh, I'm sorry, actually, I liked everything in that episode that had nothing to do with Klingons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I love the Section 31 part. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Michelle Yeoh showed yeah. up, so obviously that made yeah. it awesome. But, yeah. like, I, we're, I, I'm, I'm, me and the wife, we're watching the, we're watching the episode, so we'd watched, we watched two that night. So the first one, yay, okay, all right, yeah, whatever. And then there was this Klingon one, and we're like, is this shit over yet? Because I, I, I give zero fucks about anything going on with yeah. the Klingons. They are boring, they are annoying, and I just, I don't, and they're annoying because they're boring. Like, I don't, I give yeah. zero shits. And, Galwan with his with, with his crazy coke eyes. At least I was like, all right, I wonder what Galwan's gonna do. Because this motherfucker, oh, you know, this motherfucker's into it. It's this, funny. It was better true. than like just having them be big, scary badasses and just yeah. attacking shit for no reason. Yeah, yeah. You don't have it's, to have motivation but, like this. Yeah. But Patrick, I will say. Despite what Brian is saying, well, he hasn't actually said anything to dispute what I'm about to say, but I do feel like that episode was written to basically write Klingons out of the rest of the season. Good. I, I definitely got the vibe of this is the only time you're going to see Klingons this season. <laughs> well, how that do you mean? Be- what does that mean? Well, they set it up in a way where uh, they basically wrote the episode to explain why the character who went off with the Klingons in the first season is not still hanging out with the Klingons and is now back a part yeah, of the it, cast. There's, there's, they certainly didn't leave any unans- any significant unanswered questions with the Klingons at the yeah. end of that episode. If you yeah. if they didn't so come they back slapped a bow for the on rest it, of the season... Send it on its merry way. Yeah, Basically. I definitely I mean, got a vibe of, this yeah. is why you won't have to deal with the Klingons. We're yeah. sorry. This is it. We're we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I could you could actually br- absolutely bring them back if you wanted, but you if you didn't this season, nobody would raise their eyebrows saying, well, yeah. "Wait a minute, what about the X?" No, yeah, no it's no. a plot objection seat. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, no I'm fairly certain that episode was the well, look. We made a big fucking deal about the Klingons in the first season. We have sure to did. at least acknowledge them no, we in don't. the second season. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they, they at least needed to. Nope. It, certainly, if they were going to have Tyler show up like they did, they needed to to oh. spend a little time with that. Well, that's but, that's my other chafing point. Uh, fuck Tyler. Tyler. I don't give a shit about him either. I don't. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Oh, I won't oh. go so far to say fuck Tyler, but yeah, he's not my favorite. <laughs> like, is he interesting? Do I give a shit? No. Oh, also, they are, um, cause this is supposed to be like before Kirk. And what did Kirk have? He had a little communicator that flips open. Oh, but Tyler was just section 31. Oh, they got like the next generation click your badge thing. I'm like, you know what? Can't just, just be where you are. Just be where you are. You're 86 years before next generation. Yeah. Just, just do that. Like you've already fucked up. Oh, oh, and you'll love this, Steve. So in like this last episode, they had some like throwaway line in there about how they don't have the hologram tele- technology anymore. Cause Pike's walking to the thing is like, Oh, those fucking holograms. Those, those always fuck up. Let's go back to 2D screens. That is the dumbest shit. They, they that included you would, that, huh? They yes. actually said it's that. It's a straight up yeah. line in the episode. Like, yeah. also, we all just also, speak English. 
Yes. It was. It was. Not only was it a line. It's the episode starts with a captain pointing out that Captain Pike is the only person that uses a screen, and then later it's in the, the episode, he's the like, Captain Pike's like, look, the Enterprise. Look, we're not going to do this holographic shit. The Enterprise is going to have like a display. When I was like, wow, what a way to see. You spent like five to ten minutes explaining why in the original Star Trek they didn't have holograms. Uh, it was yeah, like, it's like two when minutes, you go over to someone's was, house and they have a 3D yeah. TV and they've got all the glasses sitting around yeah. and they're covered in dust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, it was it like was saying, like two minutes, but that was way more time than something like that. I like that needed. I again, they're bending over backwards to try to make the orthodox traditionalist happy, and nope. I wish they would just get on with telling their story. <laughs> nope, Brian, so. that, that is not trying to make the traditionalist happy. That is recognizing that they fucked up this whole okay. canon continuity thing. If they're if they're going to be a Star Trek show and they're going to be set at this time, then. You need, you are constrained by certain things. You can't have holograms. You can't have like cross galaxy. So how would you have in season two made the Orthodox fans happy about the holograms? Oh no, you would have just said, well, fuck it. We done fucked up. Just, just embrace it. Cause right now when they're going backwards, they're just, they're, they're tripping over their own dicks being like, oh yeah, we fucked up. Yeah, well, See, I, the best I, that's way kind to of handle my feeling is I, I say is fuck the orthodox it. traditionalists. Let's just keep on going. But well, uh, I, I'll be honest but, with you. This is the reason I always and, and I you've heard me say this about Enterprise. This mm-hmm. was part of the reason why I didn't want them to do a show set before the original Star Trek because I feel like this was just gonna happen. I felt like. It's not just they want to do the holograms and shit. They're recognizing that shit. We're not that far away from that now. So it's weird that they didn't have that in the original Enterprise, <laughs> in the original Star Trek. Well, so it's like, it's if you're going to do a future thing, they're like, we kind of want to have holograms and we almost have it now. So it's weird if they don't have this. Yeah, it is weird. But guess what? It's set in fucking Star Trek continuity and they didn't have that in the original series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which you, is why you, I didn't want them to do it in the first goddamn place. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought you're going to fuck this up. There's no way you're going to go back to pre-original series technology and we're all just going to be okay with that. But to bring this back to discussing season two, Two of Discovery rather than season one. <laughs> all right, no, this is season enough. two. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Let's go to let's go to this other thing where these random points of light popping up all across known space. You don't like the main storyline? No, no, no. I just think it's weird that okay, this main storyline is taking place across like thirty-five thousand light years, and in the future, it takes oh a year to travel like a thousand light years. So. Why? It's like, okay, this thing is 10,000 light years away. Well, we're not going to drive for 10 years to get there. So, okay, that's that's nice. That's interesting. Hey, All that's, right, why they, that's why they created the mycelium network. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it makes it makes it, it, it explains nicely why they would want Discovery investigating this as the lead ship, because it has ability to investigate them before they disappear. Um, I, I I do like it is the ideal ship to pick for a mission well, like this. Except they didn't start using that until like three episodes in. Well, also, they used it when they when it was ne- necessary when they that was the thing that they needed to investigate use the for the investigation. Also, they deployed Brian, it. <laughs> also, Brian, I mean, sciencey wise. So so another my another beef is uh, you know at least next generation 
tried to care about the science. Like, you know, you can argue whether they were good at it or not. I, I don't feel like the people that are writing Discovery give a shit. So how are we detecting these flashes of light? Because if they're flashes of light, I assume it light was years, weird subspace who's a what's it, just like it always is when they detect things that are over a light year away. No, because they're actually, normally they're scanning for things. And so, like, I have a scanning array that can punch through subspace. I don't know that these lights are punching through subspace, but, you know, if they... Sort of makes telescopes obsolete. Yeah, so, so, so regardless, whatever, that's, that's, I don't, I'm not even going to make a big deal about that. It's just, um, I, they did go over why you probably aren't seeing the mycelial network anymore. I mean, aside from the fact that everything about it goes against the Federation Charter. But, um, cause I, they... I've been well, wondering, did... Does that even make sense, the mycelium network? Or is that just some bullshit they made up for the show? That's kind of some bullshit. But you yeah, know what? I'm yeah. willing to look past it. because I'm know, okay with that. I was just curious if it oh, was just the, some the, bullshit. The, the mushroom is, mushrooms as a way of traveling the universe is complete yeah. bullshit. No okay. science at all. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Because <laughs> well, I'm looking at this going, is Doctor there Who. any science to this no, whatsoever? Because this nothing. seems total bullshit. No. Well, okay. okay. So it's these fungal spores that give you access to this different subspace thing. I don't know. I there's there's physics I don't understand. Maybe someone can make it. Someone at, at some yeah. point in time, someone said a pad would be bullshit, and now we have iPads. So, well, so that's that's know. why I was wondering: is this like some quantum yeah. physics super string shit that I just yeah. don't understand? There's no existing it's, theory it's that's well like oh yeah bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no there's no scientists out there going oh no if we smoke enough shrooms we can travel through space like no one's doing that <laughs> I'm sure some unless you listen to Joe Rogan. we could find an exception to that statement but well um, f- I'm sure enough. there's a scientist out there that's smoking shrooms saying that there's Vulcans right. on the planet now yeah it may um, not be a scientist but you don't have to be a scientist <laughs> but but they did okay so so at this point we've gotten to the thing where it's like oh yeah in the mycelial network shit lives there and every time that you travel through it you fuck their shit up so like okay. I can see how they're trying to say, this is why we don't use this in the future. However, the Federation, even when they found out that uh, warp travel was destroying the universe, they still allow you to go at high speeds of warp in case of emergency. So it well, makes me wonder why they didn't pull one of these ships out of mothballs to go get the Voyager crew. Just saying. Oh, shit. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> ne- never, never leave a crew behind. Be like, that's fine. We'll go get it. Hey, y'all just we sit got- where you're at. We'll we be got, right there. <laughs> we got technology that can go get your ass, but we're not going to use it ever. Yeah, they have set up some of the reasons why it will, why it's not going to be used in the future. These aren't necessarily all of them, so I, I think we should at yeah. least well, wait okay, till I, it plays I, out. I owe I, somebody I on that ask. crew about three hundred and fifty gold press Latin, bars of gold press latinum. If they don't ever turn up, I guess I don't have to pay, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to ask before it gets lost in the in, in the shovel. And do we like it? Because I actually still enjoyed the most of the episodes. I I still somewhat enjoyed the Klingon episode as a whole. I'm enjoying the second season of Star Trek. I have some nitpicks and I can nitpick all day, but I do want to just stay. I am actually enjoying it. <laughs> I I don't really think it matters whether or not you enjoy it. I think it matters if you're going to keep watching. Oh hell yeah! No, I'm dev- I'm enjoying it, so I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Well, since I- Brian has taught us that hate watching is definitely a thing. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> um. I yeah. I 
despite the fact that I would prefer my Star Trek to be a little weirder and a little less on off the ra- a little more off the rails, uh, I actually think season two is better than season one so far. I, I mean, I, it, it's kind of a classic, traditional, old school, crunchy 1990s Star Trek kind of goodness, but they're executing it really, really well. I love Pike. I love the interaction with the crew. I love the way they're they're kind of dialing up some of those background members uh, and giving them a Finally. making them memorable, making them a bit more memorable, making it more of an ensemble show and a little less of the Michael Burnham show, um, which I love Michael Burnham show. But I don't know if I need a second season of the Michael Burnham show. Agreed. Um, Especially and- since originally uh, Discovery was just going to be an anthology show where every season was going to be a different. Yes. <laughs> and then they just decided, okay, well, this is popular enough. We'll just keep doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that only works if you're not going to do, if you're going to do a crew and yeah. it's not just the adventures of Michael Burnham. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I even I wonder if the, the big spoilery twist at the end of the last episode, and I don't know twist, but whatever was supposed to happen in season one. And once they realized that season two was going to be more of discovery that they saved that one. Cause yeah. I could see where that could fit. It could, something like that could have fit into season one, but that's just speculation. Um, oddly, I think the thing that bugs me the most might just be Mich- evil Empress, uh, Giorgio really? being put into section 31 because she seems like the sort of loose cannon that needs, needs a very strict minder. And I don't see anyone really minding her. So that you see it's section yes. 31. I am perfectly willing to believe Someone is watching her. They're just not being obvious about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, frankly, all I need is a line about yeah. If I push this button, her head explodes, and I was like, okay, good enough. But so yeah. But I feel like for someone who was the empress of an entire empire, that it's not something they want her to be aware of. <laughs> well, yes, but they could. I, I, I guess it would be easy to have Tyler ask the other Section Thirty One guy, hey. Aren't you a little worried about having her? I mean, I'm I'm a little crazy, and I'm not sure why you want me on board. But what that? What <laughs> you arming that and giving it a spaceship and sending it out to do stuff and giving it all know. sorts of super tools? I, I thought the idea of the Empress in, in, in Section Thirty One was genius. I thought that was perfect. <laughs> and again, Actually, I, I I mean, yeah, I I think um, I I think not having that discussion. Uh, adds to the air of, you know, sinister efficiency yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, all right. I, so, again, I find myself feeling like this would all make a lot more sense if they, if Burnham and re- Michael had rescued Lorca instead of Empress Giorgio. But <laughs> no, no, no. Lorca had to die. No, fuck yeah, Lorca. No. Yeah, no. That asshole Lorca. had to go. Look, I liked that storyline. I thought it was a very well done thing in season one. But yeah, Lorca had to die. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay I feel with like it being that dead. Is how that I story just feel like out. I could see Section 31 hiring Lorca before I could see Section 31 hiring Empress Giorgio. But so. so here's the thing: I think you're thinking of the Federation in this perfect. They always make decisions that make total sense. I'm looking at it as, yeah, this may be a mistake, but it's a mistake <laughs> I see the Federation doing. Uh, also, there's the question of what the fuck else you're gonna do with the Empress? <laughs> murder that bitch. Um, look, it's also, not. The- option but i don't see the federation doing that i agree with you i feel like that's you probably know, the most sensible thing to do i just don't see the federation happen. doing I, that. 
it's not like yeah. the crew has to murder her. Yeah. Like, if we had have some sort of secret you know, black ops organization accident. that was was designed to keep the Federation safe from unusual threats and willing yeah. to assassinate somebody who who could turn into a threat and knew too much, you know, if only the Federation had an organization like that. So yeah, yeah. to me, it makes sense. Hey, you know who can it do makes- that? It's the Klingons. <laughs> They try. <laughs> to yeah, me, but they it, suck at everything that they do. To <laughs> me, existing. it makes sense that they would put her in Section Thirty One, and I even I even see where that might be a mistake, but it still seems like the thing that makes the most sense. I also like the line that they put in there where the where uh, somebody asks about uh, this person being in Section Thirty One, and they say, "Hey, nation building, it's ugly," and I'm like, yeah. "All right, well, we're we're acknowledging that Section Thirty One is is just ugliness which is what makes me which fascinates me about section so, 31 yeah. so if you assume, i will say that if you <laughs> aside from that one decision i love the way they are portraying section 31 it is exactly how i would have done it if i had been writing this this is exactly the section 31 i would have give uh, i would have given audiences so aside from that one point i really do like the, yeah. the way it's being performed and written and executed and on all levels uh, as far as that plot arc goes. Agreed. So. And I do like the Emperor's port, so I don't even have that one caveat. Yeah. So I even so like the character. Assume... I just don't like I don't understand from an in-universe perspective. So. so if you assume that, you know, the uh, the Federation is actually like this perfect utopia where they have like all these perfect people at this point in time. Then section was thirty one definitely needs uh Giorgio because she is ruthless. She didn't give a fuck. Like she doesn't have it. She has none of that upbringing of saying, "Oh, you shouldn't do that. That's evil." No, she has the upbringing of, "Oh, I should do that because that shit's evil." And that's uh, it gets me what I want. So that's it. Sounds like that's exactly what section thirty one needs. I think that I think it's perfect. I think All it's right. a perfect fit. I think it. Right. I want to read novels of that bitch. Yeah. It's well, that, that brings us to the, <laughs> another thing I wanted to talk about. They are making. They have announced that there's. They are developing a Section Thirty One TV series starring Michelle Yeoh. Um, okay, and, I did not uh, know that. I'm down. I'm totally down. Well, yes. I'm, I'm going to watch it because Michelle Yeoh's in it. Um, yeah, fair enough. I'm going to watch I, it because it's Star Trek. But I have to admit, I'm like, wow, a whole series with nothing but Section 31 week after week. Okay, then. Is there like, any sure way they can tell signed those off stories and stay inside of any kind of canon at all from anywhere? Or do they just have to, by the nature of Section 31, just break everyone's rules? No, they go to some far-flung parts of the universe that people Deep Space don't Nine. normally go to. And then they... And they just wreck shit. Like, they yeah. just do horrible, horrible things. Well, their and stuff's all supposed to be covert and not easily identifiable anyway, so it's yeah, actually pretty say, easy yeah. to explain. They can go to the Mirror Universe, and it doesn't cause a problem, because, of course, Kirk didn't get to see that report. They can run into Q, and yeah. that doesn't cause a problem, because, of course, Picard didn't get to see that yeah, report. That, that's actually why I was like, I don't have a problem with this, because none of what they do would ever be known by anybody that's the whole point of section 31 they're not supposed to be noticed so they're like the men in black except without that's what i'm saying though like but whose rules are they playing by because not all of star trek is uh contiguous right i would say the rules they're playing by are we do whatever the fuck we want to do as long as it benefits the federation 
which is my issue with Section 31 just in general, because the mm. whole point of Star Trek is we got our shit together and we can be, you know, moral upstanding people and not be, you know, overrun or conquered or all this other shit. It's but a then concession. If you have, yeah, but if you have Section 31 going, oh, yeah, but we assassinated everybody and we poisoned these people and we, you know, installed puppet dictatorships and all this other shit. Yeah, and, well, you're welcome, fact, citizen. Yeah. <laughs> So, so then the Federation and, and humanity did not actually evolve. Well, uh, it's a question became, of scale. No, humanity Ours... became sheep because we are willing to believe that we can be these good people and have these good outcomes when, in fact, we have our, you know, our overseers doing a horrible thing so that we can play out in the yard and not worry about being attacked by zombies. I'm I, mixing my metaphors, but that's, you know. I, I'm not going to disagree that that does dilute the 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 metaphor that is star trek but i guess for me because i just love the idea of a black ops team in a in a in this star trek universe i'm willing to let it go i i I just love that idea i'm not disagreeing with you if this if this perfect society is supposed to be that then yes the whole concept of section 31 kind of negates that point i will say though the question then becomes and I don't, I'm not saying that this is what they're doing on the show. It's just a thought that I just had. Is the question, Section 31's not just about humans. It's about the Federation. And the Federation is not just humans. So it could easily be said that other races, which are not necessarily as perfect as we are, have decided that they want this. And the humans are just going along with it because to not go along with it means we can't be in the Federation. Okay, but then, but then that, but still, yeah, that's because a, all, yeah, that's a stretch. Corruption every by person, proxy. Yeah, because yeah, every person we've seen in Section Thirty One has been human. Well, it's Granted, worth noting so, humans invented Section Thirty One. That's back also before true. The Federation was established. Uh, like but, I said, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if that's what this was. No. It was just a thought yeah. that the I old, had. It's a random yeah. stupid thought. The, the old role playing books that came out for or the role playing Star Trek books that came out before Section Thirty One was even invented actually gave the Andorians an organization that was basically Section Thirty One that did, but it was just run by Andorians and not connected to Starfleet. Mm. Um, I Which would makes say, sense. as far as as far as tainting the, the 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 dream of Roddenberry, it it does make a difference. What is the scale of Section Thirty One's operations? Are they doing a couple of little, very disreputable pushes here and there, there, uh, uh, or are they overthrowing governments every month? I mean, how much help does the fe- how much of this help does the Federation need? Is it Tell largely self sufficient, and they're just fine tuning it? I think it makes a difference how much evil that you need no, get, you, the Federation needs to support itself. Does it just need know, a little bit of evil fine tuning every now and then, or is it like no? There's a constant stream of evil going on underground that nobody knows about. I get that it's different, but I'm asking why it matters. I just as far as how much are we breaking Roddenberry's message of the core message of Star Trek? I think well, that, you that's know, that's a not question, like how you know. I mean. If we're talking about a law, like the prime directive is basically a law, it doesn't matter how far you broke it if it's broke. 
I would say there's a difference between stopping a, a, a primitive species from wiping itself out with nuclear missiles and destroying all life on that planet. I, I think those are two different levels of law-breaking there of the Prime I, Directive. <laughs> so you're talking about leadership or the operational discretion of 31 instead of like the means and methods. Um, I get, yeah. How many operations are they? How big of operations are they? I mean, is every week, uh, Admiral Marcus going out and building a, dis a USS vengeance and he's going to start yeah. a war with the Klingons, like in Star Trek, uh, into darkness, I mean, that, or is that's that actually a function of something budget, that right? only ever happened on that <laughs> other universe? And there's nothing like that, that they've ever done in this universe. I, I will say this. I will say this. I, I think the reason why it's not as big of an issue for me is simply because you're talking you about your soul. No, well, Brian's talking about how uh, this is a move away from Roddenberry's dream. The fact of the matter is, is Deep Space Nine was a concentrated effort oh, to that's be not a little track, though. Let me finish my thoughts. <laughs> Steve, Steve's whole purpose right now is to not let people finish sentences. <laughs> but anyway, um, Deep Space Nine was was an effort by the writers and the creators to introduce conflict between the characters, something Roddenberry didn't like. So by that definition alone, I'm okay with them kind of moving away a little bit, only because in the historically that has generated episodes and shows that I've liked. So yeah. I don't necessarily feel a need to be how did you call it? And and uh Orthodox, uh, whatever you call <laughs> well, it. Brian. Yeah, these days, uh, or, the the Orthodox traditionalists have accepted Orthodox Space Nine. So I don't know where they stand on that issue, to be honest. But. Because personally, <laughs> yes, I, I mean I'm not saying that there's not some value in the to telling stories about a utopian society that is Earth. I I'm not saying that there's no value in that, but I'm I'm just saying when they started to move away from that. I love Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah. No, I, so. DS9 is my second favorite series in the franchise. Um, and I I tend to agree. I think when you get into those murky edges, it's just how far into the muck do you want to get before you've lost Grant. what made Star Trek Star Trek. I mean, so I'm not asking them like, to, to totally tear down the utopian society. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I haven't rewatched Deep Space Nine like in its entirety in a, in a while. But mm -hmm. as I recall... Um, in Deep Space Nine, Section 31 was this organization in Starfleet, and our, our, our heroes, our main cast was like, uh, yeah, there's that fucking Section 31, and they do some kind of murky shit, and that's not really cool, and, you know, I'm not the Admiralty, so I can't tell them to stop, and I can't disband them, but I'm not really in favor of it. Mm -hmm. But in Discovery, it's more like, oh, yeah, you guys are Section 31. Yeah, we just have, like, a counter. We have, like, a CIA. That's fine. That's cool. Well, that's whatever. I, no, actually, that's not. That's Actually, they're treating it the exact same way. Yeah. That that scene in the very last episode, the one that you just watched, yeah. the yeah. whole point was she even says, we can argue the merits of this charter of Article 14. That's her basically saying the same thing that they said on Deep Space Nine, which is I recognize that a lot of people don't think that this is a good idea this is not the time to discuss that so that's basically them saying no a lot of people don't agree with the existence of section 31 okay yeah <laughs> that's fair well look look um whatever i uh <laughs> i i 
No, no, no. I, so I, I watched Discovery. I think Discovery is like it's a good show, but as a prequel to the Star Trek universe, it's 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 kind of a bag of shit. And when so when they, when they, when they <laughs> how you really feel. <laughs> so it's a lousy every, prequel, but it's a good Star Trek series. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good, uh, it's a good space show. show. Yeah, it's a good show. I'm watching it because it's in space and. I can't fucking not watch. Like they're in space. Like they're flying around in space. How can I not watch that shit? So but, basically, you would prefer if they called it space hike. <laughs> yes. Or, no, no. Look, look. I'm even. Far, I'm, I could even look past so much of that shit. I've looked past like the holographic thing and uh, like the little hologram things that people just talking to each other all the fucking. Hey, whatever, whatever. It's space, so I'm cool. That's that's fine. Just just don't. Try to tie back into the original continuity, because because you fuck it up every time. Like you're not you don't have like a clear vision. You're not like consistent. You're not like oh well, we tried this different thing, mm-hmm. and I, we're I just going to double down well, on it. No, I, I no, think that's probably gonna, a yeah, side effect of every time they start uh, about halfway through production of the of a season, they fire the showrunner and bring in a new showrunner. They've done that's that yeah. twice. Wow. So the yeah. person in charge sure now help. better watch out for yeah. season three because they're going <laughs> to that, that'll be their number coming up. Uh, <laughs> all I'm going to say is, is Patrick is going to love all the episodes after Spock show. Up. <laughs> oh yeah, you know oh, it's yeah. coming. All that, all that shit with Spock. Oh yeah, and by the way, Spock. Oh, Spock sucked the dick of some aliens way back when with wings on them. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, he, Spock knew all about that shit. Oh yeah, and also he's clairvoyant about these blinky lights all across the fucking. Yeah, no, no, Dude. no, no. Oh yeah, and by the way, did we mention that he has a sister? Yeah, that I was he's about never to say. Fucking mentioned? Yeah, I was gonna say you could skip all of that and just say from, from episode one. By the way, Spock has a sister. Never yeah. mentioned that yeah. bitch once. Yeah. It's also double I'm, jointed. I'm pretty sh- <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing this season when they talk about how disconnected him and his sister are. Mm-hmm. That's their way of explaining the fact that he never brought up his sister once. Not one <laughs> fucking time. Nor did he ever bring up his brother. And yeah, well, they're yeah, exactly. Well, um, okay. And, and, okay. No, no, I recognize defending Discovery by bringing up Star Trek Five. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I was about to say that. I'll admit, <laughs> saying Star Trek Five did it is not a good excuse for doing anything. But <laughs> exactly. No, don't ever do that. Please. I used to have a a uh, a, a rule. I had a rule, a standing rule in my Star Trek role playing game that, as far as techno babble, they did it on Voyager was not a allowable excuse for for any anything you do in the role playing games. <laughs> wow, that's fucked up. I and can you know, see the irritation on Patrick's face. So, <laughs> so I get it. You know, I'm just gonna gloss over that, and I will say this: as much as Sarek seems to love Michael Burnham. When he went, when he got old and went senile and was talking about like people, he never mentioned her once either. Like nobody in that you know, whole that's family probably communicated. I can see Spock not bringing her up, but but Michael's name not popping up when he's rambling on that table does yes. feel a little odd. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, I still love Discovery, but yeah, it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where every time they bring up her, her connection to Spock and Spock's family, I'm like, please stop. Oh, because yeah, I want to like this show, and I don't really have a problem with this, but if you give a shit about continuity at all, that doesn't work at all. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I, I got over it, like, 
in third episode of season one. So I'm like, okay, no, whatever. No, this is where we live now. So Brian, I got over it because they didn't keep throwing it in my fucking face. Be like, oh, hey, no. look, look, I don't give a shit. It's fun. Don't give a I shit. like it. I was like, cool. We get to see little Spock. We get to see the house of Sarah. Oh, that okay, was just great. Like, I don't give a shit about young Sheldon. I also don't give a shit about young Spock. <laughs> I don't want a whole <laughs> show. I don't give a big... shit about young Sheldon because I don't watch his big bang theory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I give a shit about young Darth Vader. That was always a bad idea. Here's here's the thing, guys. I don't give a shit about young anybody. I don't give a shit about young Picard. I don't give a shit about young Worf. I don't give a shit about young Crusher. Do you give a shit shit about about young Picard? Because that is coming. There was yes, that is, yeah, but I think that that's a that's a discussion for a different show. Okay. <laughs> there is a uh, Patton Oswalt uh, segment that you should listen to, Patrick. Whereas Patton Oswalt's talking to George Lucas, and George Lucas is trying to sell him on the prequels, and Patton Oswalt's like, "I don't give a shit where the thing I like." Where it comes from, I don't care. It's like saying, hey, do you like Angelina Jolie? Well, here's John Voight's balls. Like, I don't care. I don't care where the things I like come from. I don't care. I I can't believe we're going to pimp out on John Voight's balls, but I I, I guess that's what's happening. Thank you, Michael. You know, I don't have a lot of glorious tasks in this podcast. And uh, so, you know, you just kind of roll with it, man. That's what you do. <laughs> tell you what you need to do is get on over to our website. It's scifishow.net, all spelled out. And yes, I'm aware that right in the middle of that URL is the word fish. Try not to look at it. We're on Twitter. <laughs> we're on Facebook. You can get all of our stuff at our website. Go there. And if you want to tell us how much this show annoyed or entertained you, or really anything, you can send us an email at feedback at sci-fi show.net and someone will eventually fucking ignore you. All right? Have a nice life. Until next time, I'm Steve. This is Michael. This is Patrick. This is Brian. Star Trek is back! All I can see now is science fish owl. <laughs> <laughs>